The gospel for this Sunday comes from John, the 20th chapter. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where, they were, where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus again said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. I admit to you that I am split. At least I was. I am split out of the deepest desire to honor our confirmants, the people who have studied for two years their faith, their baptisms, the church, scripture. People who, after all that, still want to be a part of the church. I want to tell you about Amanda and Gabriel and Dayton and Blake and Michael, the fantastic people that they are and the ways that I see the Holy Spirit moving among them for the betterment of the church and the world. And I will. And... I feel the deep need on this day of Pentecost, the day when the Holy Spirit moves the church into action and the Spirit's vision shakes the church of God. I feel the need to talk about the unrest we see in the world right now and the issue of race and the senseless dying and murder of people of color. And I will. At one point, I thought the two had nothing to do with the other, but as I thought, I realized that I want this church that these confirmands are inheriting, I want it to be a church worthy of them and worthy of God. So we must talk about this. So let's do the hard thing first. Now I realize that when we talk about issues of race and we talk about issues of injustice, that we have a few default reactions, don't we? I can see people in our congregation and in our midst tense up when we talk about issues of injustice. I don't know if you've ever tried this before, but watch somebody's shoulders. They just immediately go right to their ears. People look for ways to either abstain from the conversation or leave the conversation. They look for ways to defend themselves in the conversation. They look for ways to avoid the conversation or to quickly have it and then move on. We have a pact here, don't we? Where if we don't talk about it, then we can all get along. Unfortunately, God was not a part of that pact. And God does control what the church does. God does call us. And in the words of Jesus, as the Father sent me, so now I send you. 
We are meant to be little Christs running around the world. And I'm not sure Christ would avoid this. It's okay to have these reactions. I do too. It's just not okay to stay locked in the room in fear. I don't know why people of color are dying at a higher rate than white people. I don't know why they're dying of violence when it comes to interacting with the police. I don't know why they're dying while jogging and sleeping and cooperating with officers. I don't know why they're dying. Because I don't want to kill anyone. I don't think any of you do either. I don't want anyone to die. I don't want anyone to go through that. I don't want this at all. I just wish it would leave. I just wish it would go. I just wish it were done. I think I've hit the nail on the head of just about everybody. But it's not leaving. It's not. The same thing that I learned about in history that you lived through, the civil rights movement, is repeating itself. There are protests and there are marches and there are murders. Why are we going through this again? See, the thing is, when I listen to people of color, when I listen to their voices, we're not going through it again. It just never stopped. People of color have not experienced a day in America where they were not being killed disproportionately in these ways compared to white folks. Not a day. That can't stand. That can't stand while the church still claims to be active. God did not send us as he was sent, I mean, Christ did not send us as he was sent by God only for the easy things. Christ did not appear, blow the Holy Spirit on his disciples and say, handle a few things and I'll deal with the tough stuff when we get back. No. We are disciples and apostles in the world. We are the hands and feet, the body of Christ. We are given the very breath of God, the Holy Spirit, to speak good news to all the world. And that good news is not only Jesus loves you. That good news is also Jesus stands up for you in the midst of the community when you are being wronged. Jesus did it on behalf of the leper. Jesus did it on behalf of the woman accused of adultery. Jesus did it on behalf of the blind. Jesus did it on the behalf of the ones who were being wrongly treated and wrongly run out of their towns. On behalf of the possessed, on behalf of the poor, on behalf of the hungry, on behalf of everyone. And you and I both know that when Jesus is here right now, he stands up on behalf of the people of color who are unnecessarily dying. There's enough hardship in this world. We do not need more of it. 
We are the body of Christ, carrying the breath of God in our flesh and bones. God intends for us to do something. I don't know what it is, but I do know that this pact we have with one another, don't talk about it and don't let it happen in our midst. It's not enough. It's not enough for the world. It's not enough for our calling. And it's not enough for God. We must be more. And that, that is how I think we relate to these confirmants. You see, these confirmants carry extraordinary gifts and want so badly to be a part of this church, the church universal, the hands and feet of the body of Christ. You should see them. Michael comes with an extraordinary mind, a careful presence, kind words, and yet is able to push his peers to think beyond their initial reactions. He's an extraordinary human being. Dayton and Blake are just as extraordinary, bringing a sense of play into whatever they do. Dayton, bold. Blake, wonderful and caring. Both carrying gifts that the other does, but both full individuals. And full of knowledge of sports. Amanda, someone who has taken the time at such a young age to have in her bones the very scripture that we all know and love, to know these stories and be able to see these stories being played out again and again in our midst. Gabriel brings an incredible sense of music, but also a careful ear. Also, a discerning voice. Also, a clear sense of reality. We have not just the beginning of fruit of the Spirit growing in our midst, we have full-fledged trees bearing fruit day after day after day in our midst. We need to be a church that is worthy of them. We need to be a church that is worthy not just of the glory of God, but of the fruits and of the gifts that we see in these young people. Born by the grace of the Holy Spirit and born by the grace of God. We need to be worthy. We need to give them space to grow. And we need to give them hope that the church will indeed engage the world and help it to change. From the time of the Old Testament, God sent prophet after prophet, generation after generation, knowing that the world must change. In the time of Jesus, God made manifest God's own self, knowing that the world must change. In the days of the early church and in the days of this church right now, God sends the Holy Spirit moving and breathing inside of us, building the body of Christ in our very own flesh and bone, knowing that the world must change. God has always 
always insisted on justice, always insisted on being our sibling's keeper, always insisted on mercy and love and grace and passion, and never, ever has God avoided the difficult parts of life. We are God's church. Let us be worthy. Let us be willing. Let us be brave and strong so that we do not avoid these conversations, nor our calling, but stand by the grace of God as worthy, worthy of the gifts in our midst, worthy of these young people, and worthy of the calling that we are sent just as Christ himself was sent into the world to deal with sin, to call people to repentance and forgiveness. I've said many times in this sermon, I don't know what this looks like, but I do know it starts with listening. It starts by listening to our very own text, our very own scripture, and it starts by listening to the voices of people of color. Don't just watch the news. By no means watch the news and feel like you are done. No. Listen to the voices of the people of color themselves. Listen to the loved ones of the ones who have died. Listen to the preachers, to the people of color. Listen to the professors. Listen to the scholars. Listen to the average person. Listen to what they are going through. Listen to what is happening. They can tell you more than I will ever be able to. What it is like to live as a person of color in America today. And what needs to change. Now I know, I know that you may not have caused this directly. But I also know that the world is not fair. And this mess is our mess to clean up. This mess is ours to take care of. You don't really get to choose what the body of Christ does. You don't really get to choose what our calling is. You just get to choose how you exist in the midst of it. Be worthy. Be worthy of the church that you are a part of. Be worthy of the body of Christ. Don't stay locked in the house in fear because God has already shown up and showed us the door. On this day of Pentecost, Thanks be to God for young people who want to be a part of this church. On this day of Pentecost, thanks be to God for a spirit that truly does shake the church of God. Thanks be to God for the church that taught us what it was to be the hands and feet, the body of Christ. And thanks be to God for the spirit blowing still in our midst, never leaving us alone not letting us keep our pact of silence, but always, always pushing 
us to look a little more like Christ. God is with you, and that is why we must go. God be with you. Amen.